0: Everybody, this is Sir Charles Carey, a peak performance strategist. Mindset is the answer. But today I want to talk to you about something a little bit different. If you are an entrepreneur and if you really see the value in what you do as an entrepreneur, you want to share it on Anchor. Look, Anchor is a great place to do your podcast uh it interfaces with other mediums other platforms which spreads your message wide and far and not only that your content can be uploaded quick and in a hurry i mean literally if you think about something you've never uh you know share with anyone you can load it up on anchor and share it with the world immediately Uh, One other thing about Anchor, I can tell you, it's a quality platform where you can edit, you can add music, you can trim your content. There's just so many advantages of using Anchor. And before you know it, I'm sure people will love to hear what you have to say. Just like I talk about it in my keynotes and in my workshops, someone is always waiting to hear your story the way you tell it. Take care. Sir Charles Carey. Radiate the brain and change the game with Anchor. One, two, one, two. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Oh, man. Listen, man, there's a lot to talk about, and I definitely want to hear it. Yes. It's an unscripted show. So, for those of you that are watching in real time, feel free to ask questions, make comments. Um, You know, we're going to open it up at the end. If there's any questions or comments, we'll address them. And for those of you that, you know, you're just hanging on. You can put replay or you can put, um, let's see, live. If you're watching live and hashtag replay if you're playing replay. I think my co-host is coming right now, but check this out. That was quick. <laughs> hey. What's going on? Uh, Once again, folks, Sir Charles Carey here, my co-host, Kate Fit, and we are back for another live segment of What's Your Come Up Story? Everybody's got a story, and today we're featuring none other than one of the DMV's finest, although he's residing somewhere else today, um, Recording Artist
1: Success. What's going on, man? What it do? How
2: y'all doing? How y'all doing? Good, man, good.
1: good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well.
0: Yeah, so, um, I mean, you know, like I said, it's unscripted, so we kind of go in deep. Uh, We get the skeletons out the closet, we dig up the bodies, and we just let them lay there for a little while. <laughs> all right, so look, man, you know, I know we've known each other a long time, ever yes. since we was in the studio way back in the day when I was primarily only speaking and man, you have grown by leaps and bounds talking about literally I'm talking about psychologically uh, as an artist. Um, and I think that's just tremendous because, you know, we've got a way of looking at things. We say a lot of people don't make it out. And I see yeah. that not that it was easy and not that it was pain free, but you have gone through some things and you are still striving you know um in the music industry it can be quite challenging just to to be relevant um yeah. to be noticed and all the rest of that so we want to kind of take it from um the early stages now are, are you a, a only child
1: no actually so it's i have a lot of siblings actually okay. um i got an older sister um, I'm the second, you know, then I have a brother, I have a twin brother actually. I have a younger brother, younger sister, um another younger brother, another younger sister. so about seven of us, eight of us, something like that. D. Okay, yeah, my G, my
0: So I guess they didn't have TV <laughs> back in the day. That's all good yeah nah look
1: definitely wasn't lonely back in the day
0: <laughs> i know that's right <laughs> i am not mad at him and i ain't mad at you either man you know sometimes it's good to have somebody to share your upbringing with you know somebody you can grow up with but yeah um, like we had
1: we had a little group called the trowell Five. Oh, Detroit really four yeah tell me it about was, it, it tell me about late. it well my mom is a Big gospel singer, you know what I'm saying? She sings for a lot of groups like that. Um, she sings with Mike McCoy, Voice United Now, Stella Nominated. So shout out there. But we grew up in church, obviously, in church every day. And that was just my mom's, like, way of keeping us, you know what I'm saying, out of the rumble box. So okay. we was in rehearsals and singing every um, service. And it was it was fun. The Troll wow. will 4, me, me, Montana, Davon, and Phillips.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Man, yeah. I know you I thought I could
1: sing. sing. I thought I could sing back then. Oh, <laughs> could you though? Know? Listen, listen. Thank God for auto-tune now. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Yeah. All right, so um, like, I guess it wasn't lonely because you had so many siblings, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah. what were some of your challenges, you know, as a kid, as a child, you know, growing up, what were some of the difficulties that you faced?
1: I mean, so naturally, because I was the like i was I wasn't I was the oldest in the household that my mom raised, right? So there's already one challenge of like responsibilities, you know, to protect and uphold the family name. Um, those are challenges in his own. But then just the right to fit in, you know, mm. want to be accepted from society. Um, like, we grew up poor. I mean, that's not like, that's something that everybody kind of say, you know what I'm saying, kind of like that. But we grew up, you know what I'm saying, moms was regular, you know what I'm saying? Pops yeah, was yeah. regular. Pop had his problems, his, his struggles, his addictions, things like that.
2: Right, um, right.
1: So you know, naturally, you know, it was it was a, a balance between knowing you're not a man, you know, but kind of like wanting to step up and be one really fast, so you can handle stuff.
0: You know, man. But I can—I'll tell you this. You know, on on the lighter side of that, um, there's some people that say, "Man, we were so poor, we wasn't poor, we was poe. We couldn't afford the other or." And you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 And when you think Not about like, it, somebody's always somebody's always doing worse, right?
1: Yes. Yes. But it's crazy because I used to always look for the person doing worse just so I could feel good, right? And um, I remember one one church event, my mom had us hold up the church bus. We thought the, uh, the new Griffy set came out, you know, and we was really excited that she pulled up and she had bought us all the Griffy lookalikes. From the Pro Wing editions, you know what I'm saying? So she tried. It was like mom's definitely tried her best. Halloweens and stuff like that. Mom made the costumes so we could be who we wanted to be for instead of like trying to go out and buy them because that wasn't happening. She set up and made everybody's costumes, all four of her kids, costumes, what by what, you know what I'm saying? So not like the challenges you have, you realize it, but you're like, all right, whatever, you know? Right. I think it wasn't until I got, until maybe the 11th grade that I was, like, started making, like, real, like, all right, accomplishments and stuff like
0: okay. that. Okay,
1: okay. Up to then, it was just fights, fights, suspensions, kick-out schools, here and there.
0: Look, that reminds me of my son, man. I remember when Jason Kidd was still playing basketball, my son said he yeah. wanted a Jason Kidd jersey, so... I, I went to uh, Dick Sporting Goods and got him one. I ain't go to Mitchell Mitchell and Ness. I got him one for Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> then he told me, he says, "Man, Dad, ain't this a real Jason Kidd uh, jersey? 'Cause they saying it's not. I'm like, oh man, oh man. So now I got to, I, you know, I gotta tell him, you know, you know, oh man, it was crazy. But so I can I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. You know.
1: Look, I have a, I have three teenagers now Uh uh-huh so so that growing up molds me it's like all right i try my best to get them everything that they ask for and it's like sometimes be really extreme it's like really ridiculous but it's like all right if they want it like i gotta try to make sure that they have it um now my my middle son cam he's starting to get into the fashion stuff like that so that's one that's breaking the bank so far
0: wow <laughs> well look man look I I get, I I have a colleague I know that in this area which is crazy but all of his kids like most kids they're into technology but they all want their own console so they all got their own PlayStation they all get their own yep. Xbox they all get their own games yep. so you know that could be costly
1: so I understand oh but, it's a mess all my kids exact same way wow all of my- All of them except baby girl got their own system. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, I want to bring K-Fit in on this. Um, K-Fit, I know you got some questions and we're going to go back and forth like we normally do. Let's hit them with some questions and then uh, we see how it turns out.
2: Okay. So my first question for you is um, pretty simple, straightforward. If you ever have the opportunity to have a conversation with yourself... What advice would you give your 18-year-old self?
1: You know what? It's funny because this is a question that I ask to myself all the time. Now, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the hilarious side, it would be don't go to that girl's house on December 3rd. And <laughs> it's for 2000, right? It's go take your SATs, bro. That's what you should do instead of ducking it to go have sex with some girl, right? But, of course, the real answer would be go take your SATs, bro. You know, like, like focus. Because I had a whole lot really, like, when I was 18, a lot of people, I don't even tell this story a lot. Like, my my family knows it. But I was 18. I had trials for the Phillies. You know, I was already invited to do spring ball straight out of high school and possibly be drafted in Major League Baseball. Um, I had plenty scholarship offers in uh, football because I played quarterback and defensive back. Um, But the reality of it was six months, you know, after December, uh, I found out I was having a baby, you know, and she was six months pregnant and it was kind of man up, make a decision time and I went to the Navy instead, you know, so... That's oh, where wow. my story kind of turned, you know, at 18, like already having a kid, you know, already in the military, already hated, already hate life, and already a victim of um, society. You know, I'm already in the court system <laughs> at wow. that point, you gotcha. know, child, child support on you at immediately yeah. seems like in Maryland, you know what I'm saying? So I'm 18. Like I said, that's more of that. Pressure that I had as a kid, thinking I got to grow up fast because now at eighteen, I'm like, while all my friends was going out to parties and going out to hang, I was going into the military. Well,
0: tell us a little bit more about that military life. What was that like to you?
1: So honestly, military lasted fifteen days really? before they me, before they before they kicked me out. Okay, you know, um, I was always like kind of like a leader. But you know mm-hmm. how sometimes you don't harness your true natural talent until you see it in yourself. I didn't I tell people I didn't harness my natural ability of leader until about 3 years ago. So you know, the whole time I really so the whole time I'm in the military for those 15 days, it was a battle of power. It was a battle of supremacy, not a battle with authority, but a battle of why is he better than me? A battle of why? Why is this the way things are done? You know, and me—I'm a questioner of everything, right? So, with me being a questioner of everything, it, when they say bathrooms are cut off at ten o'clock, I'm asking myself. Why bathrooms? Why asking them? Why bathrooms cut off at the clock? You know, it's it's just a lot of things that I would ask. So I was just like, yeah, I got. I didn't make it too 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 um too long in the military. You know, they sent me home. Like I was accused of everything in the military, from being a gang leader, you know, to to uh, being one of the most violent people in the. Room. There was a point in that 15 days where they actually took my bunk out and put my mattress and stuff in the hallway underneath of the steps away from everyone because they said that they said I possessed the ability to lead people the wrong way. Mm. (laughs) You know. Mm. So what what's crazy is like fast forward to like my last real job, I was passed over for um promotion several times. And I was a DOD civilian police officer, so what I was—I was really trying to get sergeant, lieutenant, things like that. And I would bust my tail. I would—I would work doubles, sometimes triples, and still come in the next day. You know, going at twelve, get off at five in the morning, be back at twelve, stuff like that. And it was really putting the stress on my household because it was putting the stress on me trying to like uh, um, be perfect for this job. You know, Sure, sure, sure. So. One day I asked the chief, I said, why haven't I got the promotion when I have done everything? He said, because everyone will want to work with you. It'll be hard to fill schedules. Everyone will want to be on your shift, and you'll be too much of a headache if we made you a lieutenant. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So, so there, there, the next day, I knew I had messed up when I looked on the schedule, and I was on the post all alone for 12 hours a day with literally Whoa. just me. Standing at a gate in front of the graveyard at auditor Cemetery. <laughs> oh, so, my God. It was, it was at that point that I started to reevaluate this job here. I'm like, okay, now they've taken me from the people. Like, that's the best part about working, you know? The I'm people. surprised I'm you, surprised you know. haven't
0: done a song about that. They try to bury well, me alive, but I still had to strive because I knew in my mind it was all about the thrive. Let
1: me stop, let me stop, let me stop. <laughs> it's crazy because I've done so many songs about it okay. directly and indirectly sure. with trying to educate everyone that we have to be our own bosses, our own lives we have to take control of them if it's anything that we want to do the only thing that stops us from obtaining it is the full knowledge of what it is that we want to do and the full sacrifices that it takes to take it i mean the only thing that got you working for your person that you work for as opposed to being the person that he's working for is the sacrifices that he was willing to take and took them already you know it's like when you start asking yourself wait i could i could take these sacrifices I can do this. You know, sometimes it seems extreme, but sometimes it's it's like, okay, I just might have to do it. It's
0: that that Mm structured and disciplined mindset that really defines how well or how far we excel. Because I know when I do keynotes and trainings, I tell people, I say, you are the CEO of Y-O-U. And as a CEO, you should have a vested interest in everything you do the people you're around, the places you go, and all of your activities. But if you mm-hmm. don't have a vested interest, you're really failing as a CEO. Man, that's, that's a, a lot. Right a, lot of,
1: a lot of people are afraid of those three letters, yeah. CEO, and actually Y-O-U. Yeah. Right? True. That. They're afraid of those letters because yeah. those now address a higher responsibility that you have to put on yourself. Exactly. That's some, people just right company, some people are comfortable with just saying, hey, they told me to do this. I know if I do this every day for two
2: weeks, I'm going to get my check. Yeah, true mm-hmm. that, true mm-hmm. that. What else you got, k Very Kate true. Fit? Tell me about what is your greatest strength? So,
1: like, honestly, my greatest strength is my, I call it my sunny side of, of viewing the world. Right? Okay. Um... I, I kinda have gotten this far unknowingly, knowingly looking at everything like, huh? It's it's life. To, tomorrow will be better, you know. Uh, oh, in some instances, that get so bad, the next hour should be better, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, like, like yeah. I try, I, I try my hardest to find. A, a lot of people call it, you know. Playing the troll or playing the ba- the bad guy, but I call it the devil's advocate okay. because sometimes a lot of bad things are gonna happen. But I ask myself now more than more than ever before. Okay, what's really going on? Like, what's why is this really happening? Sometimes, sometimes I've missed shows that I've like really wanted to do, and I was really mad. Like, I'd be mad, mad that I missed the show. Mm-hmm. Only to get on Instagram the next morning and find out the show has been shot up, or Whoa. someone was hurt at the show. Yeah. You know, these are these are instances that you really can't take back. You know, when you when you look at it. So, I have to start asking myself. You know, my cars broke down when I moved to Atlanta. Like okay. both of them just stopped. You know, and. Me and the wife are like, oh, this is like, this is crazy. What are we gonna do? And I'm like, wait, that's, it means it's time to buy a new car. You know, <laughs> you know? See, she's like, she's like, we don't have any money for a new car. We don't, we don't have it. I'm like, look, let's just go to the dealership and and try. Let's see what you know? happens. We, yeah. we end up you know walking what? out with a brand new car, nothing
0: you down. You have a, you have a very similar approach or outlook on like as I do because I have been that guy that get so frustrated about something only to find, for example, that the thing that I was frustrated about wasn't prosperous or it didn't come to fruition. And yeah. I was basically frustrated for nothing, but I really felt something about you know showing up and showing out. But we got a couple of comments I want to read here. You know who Linda is? I don't know if it's her comment, but someone says about you, I think it's about you, must be about you, charismatic because I asked you about yourself, I think. Charismatic leader, from Divine Assignment, who else would, besides your mom, uh, would you now say continue to your success? Oh, okay, hold on. Maybe, let me reread that well, so okay. I can read it right. I totally who get else it. would, besides your mom, would you now say contributed or continue to your success? I guess who else, who else was responsible for helping or adding value? So, so like, you know what's
1: crazy? Because... This is a saying that a lot of men probably won't get, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, after your mom, the next woman that should have you down or the next person that should be holding you down is your wife. No doubt. When you're a man. like, And if you find a woman that's your girl that's holding you down like that and motivating you and encouraging you, whether it be through good, bad, or indifferent, then you should wipe her up, right? You should make her your wife. Now, for me personally, my wife is like kind of one of the biggest motivators, right, for me. Now, good, bad or indifferent, when we argue, I feel like I should do more. When we're good, I feel like I should do more. You know, when we hate each other, I feel like I need to be doing more. You know, I always, like, it's that sunny side up effect. It's not the simp feel, but it's always the feel, like, as a man, success is what defines kind of, you know?
0: And 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 when your right hand is your woman, you know, outside of your mom, that's, like, magic. It's, like, there's nothing could be better than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, like, it's crazy because... When, when you look at, like, your mom is the first sign of motivation that you will um, level everything with its motivational on. Any sign of encouragement is level based on whatever encouragement your mom gives you. It's not your dad. It's not grandma. It's mom. If mom looks at you like you're a piece of trash, no matter what anybody in the world tell you, you're going to feel like you're a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Right? So, my mom kind of, like, made me feel like this so it had to be matched right, right. now now the, the only way to match that in in your life with a with your with your female is to show they never going to give up on you regardless right and that's the key it's like A lot of the stuff that I've been through, when I first started struggling in my music, when I first started, and I was really struggling, like, really struggling, you know, I was ready to, like, be like, ah, ah, right? Mm -hmm. Done with it. And my pop said to me this simple thing, he said, less stress makes you blessed. That will make you blessed. And I had to start asking myself, like, all right, what's stressing me out? And I was really stressed about the things that I could not change, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I wanted things to happen, but yet there's a whole life that's happening around me with billions of people, not sure, just sure. the people in my nucleus core. Yeah, you no know? doubt. No doubt. So, it's, so it's like, all right, who can help you, Jai, like weed through all that, vision through all that, like? I
0: get you. I got you.
1: Music, music is music is a is a tough world.
0: Yeah, it is. You it know, is, man. I, look, like, I've had, I've had songs. Stolen from me, without being able to prove it. But I knew it. And the thing is, at that time, had it not been stolen, and I would have gotten the success from it, I probably wouldn't be here today because I probably would have killed myself because of my lifestyle. So you know, it's Man. good and bad. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. still think I should, I deserve to get that. But I realized that the greater. Um, the God that that sees all and knows what's best, maybe knew that nah, he can't handle that because if he gets that, he's gonna take himself out, you know. Because yeah. I was my own worst enemy and I couldn't do anything about it at that time. But it's all it's good.
1: crazy it's like when you think about the speed of success, right? No matter what your is, no matter what your path is or what your career choice is, there's a path to it, and with, unlike when, when you're trying to be a doctor, you can see the courses and you can see the semesters are uh, winded down, right? It's, and when you're trying to be a lawyer, you can see that. You don't start seeing that goal attainable. When you're a musician, it's like the classes are every day. Yeah. The, 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 the um, homework is every day. And you still don't never see the ending course. So what do a lot of us do? We drop out of class. Yep.
0: What y'all the class. Yo, but see, you that's know? the life of an entrepreneur, regardless whether it's music, art, um, speaking, or whatever. But, see, and, yep. man, you know, you are, and this is my opinion, of course, and I know I could be wrong, but I think in this business and for a, a man of your age, you are beyond your years because a lot of people don't realize that until it's too late. Correct. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people don't realize that until it's too late. What do you think, Kate? Would you agree with that?
2: I agree. A lot of people are just snoozing, like you said, they're just too comfortable with just the regular, no ambition, no motivation, and you'll definitely seem like you little before your time for sure.
0: Yeah, man, because yeah. Like the way you're even your your vocabulary and how you express it, I hate to say it because I'm for my people, but I'm also a realist and a lot of us are about some mess and a lot of us ain't trying as hard as we should. But we are we don't we don't show up like we should, meaning that there's an intelligence yeah. side to us that people downplay, and we downplay it, trying to be cool, trying to fit in, make it look like yeah, it's all good because we got that swag. Yeah. You know, I'm swag. Good. What what it do? What are we? What, what are you saying? You yeah. know, speak yeah. like a businessman. Speak like a professional. Speak with intelligence, and let those that are looking in know that it's cool. If you want to call it that, it's cool to be square. It's cool to be straight-laced. It's, co- it's cool to be able to articulate what it is that you feel and think, letting these other people know that have these contracts for you that, oh, we can't pull yeah. a fast one on this one. He knows what time yeah. it is.
1: Like, honestly, I tell a lot of artists, old and young, my age that I meet, like, you have to understand something. <laughs> you can't want to fit in a circle but then praise the people that are not in that circle as the legends, as as your GOATs, and as your greatest people. It's like a lot of people you ask, who's your GOAT? A lot of them Jay-Z, Jay-Z. I'm like, all right, well, if Jay-Z's the GOAT, then why are you rapping about drugs, thugs, and no hugs, and whatever the case may be, you know? It's like, you gotta understand something. Why, what is the things that you really ask yourself? Uh, you have to ask yourself, what are the things that you really want out of yourself? Yeah. A lot of people say things that just don't hold up to what they really want, you know? Um, I think I've never been, I've never, when I first started, I was managing artists, you know?
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: Like, I was songwriting in the background. Okay. I've always been like the, in the room, with the people with the suits, right? So it's like, well, for me, it was like sitting in the room with them and they'd play a beat and it's like, success, right? something to that, you know? And it's like, oh, I got something for this. I'll give them this, you know? And it's like, I'm starting to realize how this system is moving. And I'm asking myself, wait, you know, what's stopping me from now going to the next level? Because I see that is... I see
0: that experience you have there as um, a career on the back end waiting for you when you finish as an artist or when you get close to finishing as an artist because, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just the ultimate, you know, because I tell people when it comes to trying to get ahead, whatever, if you want to play a sport, let's say, and the roster's full, you can't play because the roster's full. There's always the mascot, sports journalist, sports therapist, coach's assistant, assistant coach, you know, there's so many other things you can do and stay in the game. And if you yep. do that, that provides you with a different perspective on the whole game so that when the opportunity comes to get on the field or the court, you see it totally different than the guy that yeah. has only been on the court. And you can also use that later in life or you can just use it when that opportunity opens up to you. But I want to get to some more of the nuggets, man. Um Okay, fit. give me some more questions so we can, you know, kind of like weave it in and out of uh, the whole conversation. What other questions you got for success?
2: Sure. So my next question for you, I feel like everyone, you know, has thought about this at some point in their life. You know, if you could have an alter ego, who would you be? It doesn't have to be something scripted such as a DC Marvel comic book character. You know, it can be something that relates to your everyday life, you know? So maybe you need to be faster in something. So you want, like, the speed of light or something like that. I think you already got an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like for me, I feel like I would have so many different alter egos. Like, I would have an alter ego for every day of the week.
1: (laughs) No, like, honestly, I feel like I do have alter egos for every day of the week, right? I've already been... Like classified with a lot of like crazy stuff. Like people call me crazy. People have called me genius. People have called me um, angered, angry. People have called me everything under the sun. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But when it comes to alter egos, like I I believe success is my alter ego, because success is nothing like K-Ron. You know. Um, Honestly, like if you if you meet K-Ron, K-Ron is like. Angry all the time. K-Ron is like, don't trust anybody. Don't want anybody around him. Um, <clears throat> I don't like to talk to people, you know. But then there's this. My label call it an on switch. They say you have an on switch, right? When the lights come on, hey, what's up? What it do? What it do? What's good? Let's pop. Let's w- drinks, drinks, t- trees, trees. You know. <laughs> and it's totally different from how I am like, There's mornings that I wake up And just sit there With nothing on for hours No TV, no radio No nothing, just Silence You know, um, There's nights when I'll sit there Like that, no TV, no lights Just silence But I know success for me Like no one successful Lives like that
0: you know? uh, I, would, I wouldn't say that I think what you- <laughs> <laughs> for an artist, I think what you're doing, when, when that happens, whenever it is, I think that's very normal for certain artists because I'm like that. Sometimes I'll come in, and I was trying not to always share, you know, how I can relate to it, but it's real. I'll come in with no nothing on as far as television, radio, no sound. And I just look right. around and I'm like, wow, this is nice. Just peace yes. and quiet. Don't have to have a conversation. Don't need to do social media, and what yeah. that does it gives you an opportunity to recalibrate, to refresh, yes, rethink, yes. revisit, receive. Look all those yes. re's. You know, you get the chance yes. to re up on life and who you really are.
1: But well, especially when in our lifestyle as musicians, you're always forced. It is, it's it's nothing it's no other word for it but you're forced to impress. Yep, you always on. And mm-hmm. the minute you the minute you stop impressing, you're done. What the f is wrong with it,
0: him? Damn, like you see how he was acting? He act like he couldn't take a time to sign an autograph or he couldn't take time? Yeah. I just asked him, "Do you ever, you know, collaborate with somebody?" Later for him. A lot he of art, a head. lot
1: of artists, a lot of artists that fail look at everyone as competition.
2: Mm. A lot of artists
1: that make it look at everyone as motivation.
2: Mm. You
1: know, it's, it's it's perspective.
0: Yeah, I'm my biggest yeah. my biggest competition is me. And as long as I'm honest with myself, I should never put anything out or say anything or show up uh and, and make myself look bad because to me, I'm not just doing the craft, whether it's speaking or music, it's about representing and in the real sense, meaning that a lot of people don't get a, get a chance to do what I've done, come from where I've come from, and get the opportunities. You know, when I first started speaking, yep. for example, I got a credit card with about $5,000 on it, and I was sent to different cities, different agencies, and I was doing presentations. No one said, we want to see your lesson plan first, or we're going to see, send somebody with you to hear what you're saying. Right. That's that's not the way it normally happens for people like us. And I hate to say it, but I think it's true in a lot of cases. You know, here it is. I'm a former substance abuser. After 20-some-odd years of using drugs, they don't know me from Adam. And I openly talk about my addiction or my former addiction, yet they gave me the credit card. They had me book the flight. I got the hotel. And I got raving reviews. So, of course, yes, now because, I develop haters.
1: Yeah, because because what people, people don't understand is, and what I didn't understand is, we think that we're people in society's eyes. In the public eyes, we are people. But society, that's where the big bucks come from. You know what I'm saying? That's where the moves come from. And we are numbers. And as long as you don't mess up your number, you can get whatever you want to get. The sad thing is you can be whoever you want, whatever you want. I tell a lot of people, like, this is something that a lot of people don't know about me. Like, I started my own publishing company in 2018, right? Once I started my own publishing company, I did what I did. I was my first client, obviously. And I had another artist that I consulted, and I had pretty much told him, like, look, this is what we're going to do. You're not with me. You're not signed with me. But we're going to try this. If it works, then we're off and running, right? So six fast forward six months into 2019. Um, now we're in March of 2019. We're making money. And it's like, wait a minute. This is working. Let's go ahead and make this a solid business. Let's get EIN numbers. Let's start moving like a business. Now, as soon as I did that, I'm like, all right, we know this works. I started looking for my first artist. This is 2019, March. I signed my first artist. And, of course, again, I tell him, give me six months to a year. I need you to trust me. Six months to a year coming, his whole life has changed. He's happy. We're happy because now we're a business making money. Fast forward to the day, I have 23 artists signed to me. Right? nice. Now... A lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, how do you do these things? Like, it's no way that you're an artist and you're making this living. You're living as an artist. And I'm like, well, it's one thing, it's one gem that was told to me that was never told to me by anybody that like um in my circle, right? That was told to me by RCA Records except. He said, Yeah, six, you got everything, but you don't got numbers you know and mm. i didn't understand that i didn't i didn't understand that I, a lot of people when you hear that you think numbers and streams numbers and sales right. numbers and this.
0: exactly but
1: it's, it's it's not it's how many people trust you how many people trust you to take their career to the next level because right. honestly that's where millionaires and billionaires are mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like now my publisher company hosts 23 artists a lot of people don't know that, you know? I don't speak about a lot of things like that because it's like, hey, this is me working because for years, I was that guy that always run out and say, hey, try this, try this with me, try this with me, and everyone would laugh at me. And a lot of the times, I would fail only because of the laughters.
0: Mm. So what were, what were as an artist, from your musical side, you know, we gone going beyond the military now, as an artist, what were some of your lowest points as an artist
1: all uh, right so you know like this is my my lowest point point an artist, like my artistry side when i walked into i was writing for sony records and i wrote for a lot of artists um i had walked into the to the building and i had asked them for a deal and they pretty much laughed laughed me out you know they said you'll never to get a record deal, just stay a writer. Just stay a writer. And they offered me 80-20 at the time. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I don't want 80-20. I wrote an album. And I wrote that album. And I walked into Wale. Right? And obviously, Wale didn't know that I was putting my albums out on Reverb Nation at the time. And really trying to get my name out there. But I handed him my album. And then two weeks later, I hit my record. Like, globally. You know? Like, worldwide. Worldwide. But it's okay. not my voice. It's, it's, it's Wale's voice, you know? Oh, so, <laughs> so it was only to wake up on Twitter at this time, when Twitter was like still new. I'm like, dang, I got 25,000 followers. I woke up one morning, I had 200-something followers, and there was 25,000 additional followers. And I was like, what happened? I hit the notifications, and everyone was talking about how could Wale do me like that, you know? And... That was like a moment for me when I had to really like understand. All right, this game crazy. They not your friends. No you know, it's like if you are gonna make it, you are gonna make it. You know, but I mean, we talk about when we talk about lows, man. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot. There's this. There's shows when no one shows up. You know, yeah. there's shows when it's just you yeah. and whoever the owner is, and you ask him, "Can you hold my camera?" And you still perform. A lot of people will not perform. A lot of people did, don't perform when it's just them, you right. know. But these are lows, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. thinking, thinking tours was gonna happen and auditioning for shows and only to find out there was never a tour, you know. Um, like paying a lot of money to do these things. These are lows, but they made me who I am today.
0: Yeah, I, I can I can relate because I have booked. Rooms paid for it in hotel spaces and had no shows and things like that. So I know what you're talking about. I really do. Yeah. Now, were there any other tragedies? Because the reason why I'm asking this is because well, I know I had lost track of you for a while, and then I heard some things about you, and I was like, oh snap! I didn't believe that happened. So
1: yeah. So like, in damn. 2013, I like in 2013, I definitely like I got shot in 2013. That was mm-hmm. crazy you know. That didn't happen musically though. You know, that oh, was like okay. two teenagers like trying to rob me, you know. At the time, it was crazy because so in 2013 so let's let's put it like this. In 2019, I started to get sick, right? And um, I noticed that I went to the doctor. They found out my left kidney was done for it, right? Like, mm-hmm. done, Jack. No more working. So you got one kidney. Um, so I started really getting sick and like just, like, missing a lot of work, actually losing a lot of jobs, you know, in and out of hospitals, sometimes two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time. So this is 20, 2009 all the way till about 2011, you know. Now, what's crazy is I'll tell everybody this on the air, like, my, mir- my miracle for me wasn't just, like, stress, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, like, finding, like, being able to medicate myself the way I chose to medicate myself, being able to move how I wanted to move, and, like, that, eventually, it, it's it's like you still get sick, but yeah. without the pressures of having to be somewhere, you know, it's like, all right, no one can tell me where I have to be, so no one can fire me anymore. You know, it's like yeah. these stresses are off, so this is not like you want to kill yourself because you can't keep a job, right? Because that's what a lot of people do. Like, they're like, oh, I want to kill myself. But, so... In 2013, I, I finally started getting my life on the road. I bought myself an iPhone 6S, and I was really excited, you know? <laughs> and look, listen, I bought the phone. I wanted the phone because I was like, it's a 6S. It says 6S. I have to have this phone. I bought it. And I'm chilling in front of my house one night, waiting on some of my friends to pull up, talking on my cell phone, and two teenagers tried to rob me. Um, well what they didn't anticipate on was me being raised by my pops, you know, and we don't we don't play that. We don't Great. we don't take that, you know what I'm saying? So in the scuffle, he shot me, you know, he shot me while trying to get away. Now what was crazy was I I I re I was in the hospital only a day. I checked wow. myself out the hospital. Okay, I told Pac, him send okay, me Okay, Pac, I hear you, I hear you. Well, not only reason was because like this may sound this may sound like real over the top and real pro black right, but when you're young black in the hospital with a gunshot wound, I like to say they don't care, right yeah, and I was in the hospital the next day, and this, this incident happened that kind of changed my life forever, right, so the doctor was talking and I asked them what was wrong with me. Why couldn't I go home? And they were really like, they had me hooked up and trying to like keep me in the hospital. And I asked them what was going on and no one wanted to tell me anything. At the time, they didn't know my wife was in nursing school, you know, so she's, in clinicals about to be done at the time. Right. So they're talking, the nurses and the doctor are talking around her medical stuff. And I'm asking her what's going on. And they're not telling me anything. So at one point, she stopped them and was like, wait, are you saying that he has a collapsed lung? You know? And she, they was like, oh, you're in the medical field? And she was like, yes, I am in the medical field. What's wrong with his lungs? And they pulled her out the room, right? And I said to myself, wait a minute. Why are they pulling her out the room to tell what's wrong with me? Right. So when, when she came back, she told me what was up with me. You know, she was like, yeah, you kind of need to stay here. I said, no. If they felt like you was enough to tell and I wasn't, then obviously you can take care of me at home. So I, I, I threw a fit, like let me out of here. If y'all don't feel like I'm important enough to tell me what's wrong with me, let me go and let her take care of me. And honestly, that's what... It took me months to get better, and my wife took care of me through that whole time. But right. psychologically, that was in 2013. It's wow. like Christmas, 2017. 20, December 28th, 29th, 2013. That psychologically messed me up from music. Mm. I didn't make it, put out another record until 2018 of okay. December. You know, um... And honestly, it wouldn't have been until I had just given up on music. I had kind of said to myself, if they shot me for being a regular person, I could just be a kingpin around my way. <laughs> you know, I could really be the man around here. I could run this whole neighborhood. And from 2014 to 2013, I, I kind of like shifted away from music into a whole nother world. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? It was just more, you know, more lucrative. Yeah. but more dangerous the dark world right sure sure and, and i kinda i kinda like i thrived in that world i thrived well in that world right and and it kind of didn't dawn on me until i went into this job and i took the job because it was it was conducive to what i was doing and it helped me in that process but while i was working at this job they 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 asked me Like, why does your name, why do you have, you know, success? What does that mean? And I'm like, oh, that's my rap name. And they say, oh, let us hear something. And I pull up my YouTube, a bunch bunch of old videos on YouTube. And they're like, yo, this is dope. You should put out something. Yeah, I was like, y'all think I should put out something? You know, at this time I'm like I haven't done I haven't, I haven't done anything before.
2: Y'all years. Feeling you know? Y'all feeling me? you like
1: this? Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, you know what? In it, you know. I immediately, I never forget, I immediately went home. I hopped them little pins. You know, say I went home. And and I started recording, like I started recording and and music was just coming out like boom, boom, boom. Everything was about there when it happened, what was going on the last few years, and it was just boom boom boom. You know, so I had dropped that and immediately I started, you know, showcasing it around the job. Now it was crazy was the job was with a whole bunch of teenagers that all went to high school. You know, I was a laser tag, laser tag. Uh, building. So, of course, I had a lot of people coming in there for a good time as well. Sure, sure. Um, so, the kids were like the biggest fans. They were the biggest critics. They were the, like, they 16, 15, 16, oh, yeah. 17 no years old. And they're like, yo, this is good. This is good. Come do my house party. Come perform my house. Come perform my, You know what I'm saying? These are like rich white kids oh, up what? in Manastas, Centerville, places I ain't never been. I'm pulling up to the thing. and I'm, I'm like, put one of the matches. I'm like, should I be here? Right. <laughs> you know? right. He's like, yeah. He's come around the back. Me and my friends <laughs> like, uh, we ain't walking around the back. Cause you gotta come and get us. Right. You know, we right. was real loud. Like, no. It's, it's a big match, like, you know. So there was some like, did project X parties, all types of fields. It was real lit. Wow. So I started to like, I started to think, right, I'm gonna take this music more serious, you know, and I'm gonna kind of like leave this alone. You know,
0: right. Douglas, like,
1: I got you, I feel you. Yeah, this long, so you start like doing that. You start like getting more serious. You know, it wasn't really until I got raided though. When I got raided, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm done. You I'm know,
0: done. I'm yeah. done. You know." No like, doubt, yeah. no doubt. Wow. Now, do, do any of your children have any musical aspirations?
1: Yes, actually, my second son. You know, now mind you, they all have got in the studio. They all have record on YouTube, right? Okay. But my second son, Xavier, he's actually like my one of my artists, obviously. Okay. You know, um, he has a single out on um, all platforms. Um, He's he's like amazing, right? Because when you remember when the studio was on twenty eighth twenty eighth place. Yeah. He was about about three. He was about three, and he he walked into the booth, and you know, pops, he's you know how pops he's like record everything that happens in the booth, right? So we're all like, okay, we hit the record button, and he raps a whole song, he freestyles a whole song, didn't know any words, mumble jumbo, but he does it. Right. So fast forward to you know my 55 project that I did in 2018, you know. He was on that album with me. He featured on it, you know, um, he did a single. And then, you know, it led to me doing his own single for him to do for his Twitches and his YouTube pages, things like that. Um, So, what naturally led now, I see his growth so much, right? I took him in the studio because he's on my new album that's dropping September 20th, right? Okay. I took him into the studio with me, but actually, let me, let me not say I took him into the studio. I had my producer come to my crib to work on some stuff, and I did this record, and I was like, you know what? Let me call Xavier down here, right? So I say, hey, put a second verse on this song. He comes in the studio, and under 10 minutes, writes the verse, records the verse, and walks back out to his video game. Now, me personally, I'm like amazed. I can't wait to put out this record. Now. record. You know, like now, now I'm like this. This album is going to be the one of the most craziest, best albums that I've done. And I didn't think I could do better than that. So six, you know what I'm saying? But now I'm I like, look, on when the they, road. when y'all,
0: when you came to Wordplay Wednesday, man, with Joe the show that time and the kids was yes. there. Um, I don't know. I just saw something in them. I didn't know what, but it's like they were magnetically attracted to the microphone, man. And I just, yes. I was curious. I was like, this could be something. I didn't know what their interest was, but, you know.
1: It's it's crazy because a lot, like, a lot of people know. I've had Xavier in the studio with me since he was two weeks old. Wow. he was old enough to go out the house, right? He was beside me in the little in courier, the little, little courier thing in the studio, you know. Wow. Um now every every big festival that I've done they've always been on stage with me all of my kids okay. um when I shot my video when my youngest son was old enough he was like maybe three or something he made his first appearance in that video you know so it's like my kids have always been around music because honestly as far as they, as long as they've been born that's all they know yeah it's like the, the jobs in between it's like wait, they don't even know that I've ever worked jobs, you know. They don't even believe that I've ever really worked for a person before. All they, they know they've, is they've been, that I've yeah, done it. they've
0: this. been uh, surrounded by the music so much. Wow, yeah. that, that's, that's powerful, man. I, I think that... Um, yeah, because it the most, the most their mental. That's the type of influence we want to have with our kids, you know. Um, you yep. know, it's just, wow, mind-blowing. And as a dad, you know, Dads don't get a fair rap a lot of times. I know a lot of times yeah. uh, men mess up. That's true. Uh, women mess up too. But the dads that really want to uh, fare well, do well, be a presence, sometimes we or they don't get a chance to be that. And to me, it's hurtful. Always stand up for the men because we need to be giving our props a little more. And I, I like what what you're doing with your kids, man. That's that's what's up.
1: Yeah, like, like it's crazy because the best thing that i think that i've always gotten is i've never gotten a bad rap even my baby mother who i can't stand to life you know what i'm saying won't speak we on like don't even have each other's contacts like you know that's how bad it is but i've never got a rep of being a bad father that could stick cuz she's tried it but the public knows me you right? right the street the right the streets i'm not i'm not uh, a turtle i'm active in the community so like everyone knows they see my kids they see all five of them they see the raising they see the structure they see the the headache they see the the growth you know what I'm saying? Yeah, journey, and it's like without. so that's one thing that i've always been blessed with because i've never been held down to a structural job I've always been, like, first day school, take my kids to school every day. Actually, this is the first school year that I didn't take – I'm not taking my kids to school, you know? It kind of, like, a shift, like – but it's funny how things are happening, right? Because, like I said, for all their life, every day, I'm taking them to school, pick them up attend whatever school meetings or crises, whatever happens, right? And I'm happy with this role as a father. Yeah, exactly. then then, Then COVID happens and school is like virtually, you know, and it's like, again, I'm a sunny side up guy. Now I'm allowed at the time to be traveling more on the road touring and doing more things with the music and the business that is flourishing and I don't feel like I used to feel when I go on the road I used to go on the road and be trying to like kill myself to make it back before Monday morning because I don't want them to you know go to school I'd do a show in North Carolina or South Carolina or or Miami and be driving all the way back after the show, get because I don't want to I don't want them to miss school. And you know, no, no. like it's it's that real. So now I'm more like free and I'm starting to see a lot of things from that.
2: You know, well before we
0: before we get to your upcoming events, um K Fitz got some more questions for you. Um, and I yeah. want her to uh infuse those questions.
2: Okay, so my next question for you would be: Do you practice any health and wellness with all this coming on in your life?
1: So honestly, I'm a big 420 advocate, I am like, put me on the front line. Like, I mean, I got a Jason right here beside me, you know, that's my only health and wellness that I believe in. Um, I used to work out and things like that, but honestly, I only worked out because- The pressure that the labels put on me when I was really, like, shopping for deals, it was like, you're too fat, you're this, it's not going to never work, the look isn't right. And one of my friends, um, shout out my friend Dingle, but he trained me for three months straight, you know, every morning, working out, three hours running, whatever other weird exercises that he would make. And he said, so right around the third month, he's like, all right, you've lost the weight, but you've got to figure out a way to keep doing what you do. So we came up with this weird regimen where I would just, instead of drive to go and grab my trees in the morning, I would run to go get it. Right. And that works. It worked for a while. But after a while, I got to a point where I was like, you know, um, yeah, no, as long as you know. I, like, I said, like I said, look, when I got shot, that kind of changed my whole life on everything, right? Okay. I walked into the hospital a week later, and the doctor said, the doctor looked at my bullet wound my bullet wound, and said, how did you heal so fast? Now, oh, wow. I'm looking at myself like, what do you mean? He's like, what are you using? What medication are you taking? What are you doing? I said, I'm just smoking, Right. And this is another moment when I felt like the doctors molded my mental to understand something. He walks out the room, and I hear him ask the nurse, call down the chief doctor, right? He walks back in the room to me. He says, give me just a minute. I'm waiting for the doctor to come down. When the doctor comes down, we're going to give you a final checkup and let you go. So the doctor comes down. He walked out the room. I hear him through the door. He says, this guy's completely healed. And he says, all he's doing is smoking weed. The the doctor said, all he's doing is smoking weed? He says, yes. Should I tell him stop? He says, well, if he can handle the choking and the coughing, you need to let him do what he's doing. He walked back in. The doctor looks at me. He says, wow, all you're doing is smoking weed? I say, I'm not taking any more of that medication that y'all gave me. You know, because I was taking a lot of medication when I started getting sick in 2009, like I told everybody, right? I was taking everything from tramadol, um, flexoril, cyclobens, um, and then they had me on everything from psych medicines, from Zoloft to, you know, uh, ibuprofen, bufeprofen, ibuprofen, things yeah, that yeah, were... Yeah, yeah. Right. Not, not ibuprofen, buprofen Okay, okay. They boost, okay. They, they give you the feeling like you high, Okay, but without thyroid, the THC and the weed, you know, it's like mental, they, they call mental stimulants to boost your, Ooh. make you happy, happy pills pretty much. So they had me on all these pills. And when I was going to start seeing more specialists, you know, because I had to get health insurance after this, because now I'm like, something has to happen. I get health insurance and I start seeing real doctors, more doctors under my kick because by then I'm working for a doctor who was really just hooking me up with all his friends to like get me back to work. Right. right. He's like, Hey, I, I, look, you're sick. I know a friend. I know a friend in, in stomach doctor. I know a stomach doctor. I know a back doctor. I know a head doctor. I'll send you to him, you know? And they're all like, he's crazy. He's crazy. That's all they're saying. He's crazy. And he's like, look, something's wrong. These are his friends, you know? So, right. Exactly. Whatever I get, ins- I get insurance. They throw me on all these pills, and I start getting even sicker.
0: See, it goes to prove that they are just copying what someone is telling them versus tapping into nature. Because it's a it's a very similar thing. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, and my doctor was an African guy, Doctor Kankande, and he was like, "Well, you know." um, you know, this is what the diagnosis is. I said, so why aren't you telling me about what y'all do in Africa? Because in Africa, y'all don't take this medicine. He says, well, I said, never mind, man, never mind. Just tell me what I need to do. And I knew from that it's point way,
1: on, it's, it's way more cynical than that, though,
0: right? Yeah, well, it, it's because a game for them. Like, like they were referring you to their friends and the doctors. Everybody get yeah. a piece of the pie, and later for that,
1: everybody, yeah. Everybody. Like when I used to work at the doctor's office, every every couple of weeks there would be this, this person that walk in and give us all free sandwiches to push and pedal whatever medication they wanted to be pushed at the time.
0: Yeah. And we that, take that's...
1: the free sandwiches mm-hmm. and the free samples. And if they if they fed us enough and the doctor liked them, he'd say, Hey, instead of give them that, give them that. Don't worry, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah, whatever. We didn't man. know. Yeah. We don't
1: know. Yeah. We just, we but... just feel like...
0: Well, look, man, I know I know we we got to get ready to wrap up, but um, I just want to say that, um, you know, I have a new CD coming out, and I'm excited about it. And, you know, I recently took a listen to what you did on the track, and I think that yeah. one is fire. And f- the funny thing is, that's what I have decided is going to be the name of the CD, the title track, A Just Cause. And that's the track that you dropped your lines on. Uh, you nice. know, the verse you spit was like fire, as far as I'm concerned. So that means the rest of the album got to stack up. (laughs) Yeah, look,
1: look, we we sat in the studio. Me and my producers, then Rich came down. You know, he came down and we sat in the studio. And I was like, okay, so let's figure out how to do this. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, all right. I I literally wrapped that verse seven or eight different ways. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. There's literally like, we literally did it eight different ways. And then by by like the eighth take, they was like, wait, you should just yeah, that's the way. That's the way we're gonna do it. And right. every way, like you try, like every way you try hard, you try soft. You try, no, I mean, you know, this is said, this appropriate inappropriate, but pause for a second. You know what I'm saying? But you try to you try all these different ways to like figure out what's gonna give the record do justice. And then you're like, ah, oh, let the record. Like sometimes I sit back and I'm like, all right, let the record speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: like, yeah, yeah. Cause like, you gotta let the song breathe sometimes. It. No doubt. Wait yeah. till you hear the final yeah. mix. I'm having on, everything mastered in the next couple of weeks. In fact, I'll see these maybe dropping around the same time. That's what's up. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. that'd be dope. That'd be doubt. dope. Yeah, like September 20th. Like I don't know why I picked that date. You know, I just um I'm starting to realize something though subconsciously. There's a there's a there's a there's a mental thing like I look back at all my records from my mixtapes. You know, like like. 13 mixtapes on that piff you know i look at all of, i went back and was going through my archives and all my release dates and they're always sometimes around the same time and when every you got out, and so when you got out the,
0: when you got released from the military
1: yeah they, actually that is because i got released from the military this is a funny story real quick i got released from the military a couple of days before 9-11 happened right and you know how i remember and, that this song, 2K.
0: 2K, that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I got that's one the of my favorite. That's one of my favorite success
1: songs. That 2K yes. joint is fire. And I talk about like like I ducked the water, wasn't mine, you know. What I'm saying <laughs> like two days later, a couple of weeks later, plane started hitting. I just yep. missed it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I just missed that because all my friends, one of my friends that I had there, Trusty, he called me. And I'm like, man, where are y'all? He said, man, we didn't even get a chance to finish boot camp. They sent us all to Iraq. Ooh, wow. Wow. You know, and I was at home. I was at home. My mom called me when it happened. She's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm home. I'm sleeping. She said, the world is ending and you're sleeping. (laughs) You know what I did? What any 18-year-old boy would do? I ran to my girlfriend's house. (laughs) Hey, it's all good.
0: Well, Fit, what you get what 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 exiting uh questions or comments do you have for
2: our guest today? Okay, so my exiting question will be for you. Is there anything more? Is this it? Um, was this something that you always knew from day one? Do you ever think you missed your call and it was supposed to be something else besides this?
1: So in twelfth grade, like I said, I was starting quarterback on my high school football team, right? And I was pretty good because I'm a student of whatever I do. I had to take music class, and I ditched music class every day. My music teacher walked up to me and said, you don't understand that if you focus on music and leave football alone, this is your true calling. I looked at him and laughed in his face. You know, now... He stumbled. Into music was an accident, because when I stumbled into music, <laughs> the funniest part about it was it was an artist that I was working with, right? And that and that artist was my partner, and I was writing, and he's like, "Whoa, let me see that. Let me use this." And next thing I know, he's taking me to his owner to the boss of his label, which ends up being Warner Brothers. Ah. And they're paying me now to write his whole mixtape. You nice. know? I, I, and then fast forward a couple of years later, I meet a friend of mine who needs to have a project done, and he's now a producer for Cash Money. That mixtape ended up being something that he needed to get done to lock in his deal with Cash Money. Right. You know? Even So, every element, I was always realizing that I was putting a lot of people in position. Even when I was in the streets, you know, I was living in the basement, my mother's little house, but all my friends, everyone that I was working for, had mansions, you know? And I was their best, their biggest guy. (laughs) Like, they waited for me, you know? They said, hey, we didn't want you to miss this, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But they all had
0: mansions. Man, you you have a story. You got a heck of a story. I think at some point, you going to have to get that book done, man, be honest with you. Yeah. And it would yeah. be great because I think you have your own get-rich-or-die-trying story to tell. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, I really yes. do. I think that's something in your future. Just uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, stay in the graces yeah. of the Almighty. Uh, allow your spirit of discernment to continue to stay in you, within you, so that you can make the right moves, even if you don't know why you're making those moves. And um, look, man, I look forward to your September 20th release. And for those of you yeah, that are just joining, you're just catching the tail end, um, we've been speaking to recording artists. Success. Uh, be sure to look for him or look out for him on social media for his uh, release in, on September 20th. And if not, then just trust me, just stay tuned to my page, his page, so that you can catch a whiff of what he's really all about. Um, yeah. Man, all I can say is all the best to you. Continue success. Keep writing. Keep doing what yeah. you do. And if
1: y'all haven't already, you know I'm so saying definitely go check out that that's So 6 album. You know we almost had uh, we over a million streams now on all platforms. Mm. You know so it's doing really well. Um, and uh, like I said, a fool getting rich, and there's a story behind that. You know what I'm saying and everybody that knows me from the beginning knows that everybody been telling me I've been I'm a fool for even thinking about rapping. I'm a fool for rapping at this age. I'm a fool for not doing this. I'm a fool for that. But now the album is titled "A Fool Getting Rich," so. Yeah, man. September 20th. Y'all already know. If y'all ain't following me, S-I-X-X-C-E-S-S.
2: I I will be following you. It's a pleasure meeting you.
1: Pleasure meeting you as well, K-FIT.
0: Radiate the brain. Change the game, folks.